<laughs> hey everyone, it's uh, it's another holiday chat recording today. I have Troy. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Troy. How are you? Thank you, David. I'm great. Thank you. Well, what did you want to talk about today? Well, um, I am interested in selling my business next year. Okay. And so, um, you know, I've listened to your podcasts and bought your one of your books and things like that. So I uh, wanted to have a discussion today on some topics on getting ready and getting prepared to sell my business. Um, so some of the things that I would like to discuss is, you know, one, potentially the, what, what the price should be. Okay. Um, also, you know, ad backs that I need to do, um, you know, what are the appropriate ad backs? I do have a list of those and I was able to verify with my accountant that most of these um, are, are usable as ad backs. Um, what else? Uh, I guess those would be the two top things. And I guess uh, maybe also, you know, potentially looking at uh, potential buyers for the business and maybe what, um, what SBA options would be so that I can research and figure out, uh, you know, that type of information to provide the potential buyer. And I did have some interest from a, a, one of my employees. So, um, and those are kind of some of the things that I'd like to discuss today. Sure. So, so why don't we start with this? What, what industry are you in? What type of business is it? Yeah. Uh, so I own a franchise sandwich shop. Um, I bought it in 2019, uh, February of 2019. So February 22, it'll be three years. Okay. Um, prior to that, I was in software sales, uh, 20 plus years in software sales. And, uh, you know, just got tired of the grind uh, with um, mostly with my commute. I was commuting uh, three hours round trip and, you know, spending... Wow. Yeah, spending about three months out of the year just in the car when you do the calculations of, of three hours a day. And so, um, you know, so buying my own business was something that I had thought of uh, in the past. We have family members that own their own business, uh, you know, starting young in the fourth grade with my paper out and, you know, uh, always uh, having to work. So uh, this was something that uh, was very interest interesting to me, uh, again, mostly driven off just uh, leaving the grind of the of the you know of the commute okay. and the things that were important to me when I looked for a business was well, you know the commute time was it had to be 30 minutes or less and uh, right now my commute uh, 30 minutes or less one way so for me to get to my shop it's about 15 minutes mm -hmm. so uh, it, it made made that possible uh, the second thing was also uh, replacing a software salary mm -hmm. was important to me. So the net income of the business uh, had to be, you know, in the 200K range or so. Um, so those were probably the top two criterias. And I really didn't have an idea of what type of business. I was looking for about a year. Yeah. And yeah. And then this came and, and just basically with those criteria close yeah. to your home, enough yeah. of an income yes. and you were open to anything that kind of came up. Would, would you say that acquiring the sandwich shop was a big improvement in your quality of life? Oh yeah. Without a doubt, without a yeah. doubt. I mean, it was, uh, it was, you know, it was a lot of work at the beginning, you know, the first uh, six months or so. Um, but after that, um, you know, things settled down and after the first year, 
and to where now I'm, I go into the shop, you know, on the weekdays, but I'm there maybe from like 11 to one, 11 to two, I have weekends off and uh, it's basically managed by team leads and shift leads. I don't have a, a manager or anything like that, but I, I don't necessarily need one because okay. most, of the, most of the employees have been with me um, uh, for a while now. So, yeah. So, and you're, so you're, you're in there a few hours a week, but you're kind of doing some of those leadership roles, like, um, um, you know, obviously making decisions for the business, but are you doing things like the scheduling and making sure that the payroll is executed Correct. and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Correct, David. Yeah. So my, you know, if I'm there 11 to one, 11 to two, I'm usually, you know, cashiering, um, you know, sometimes I'll work on things that need to be done in the shop or I, or I need to go and buy things for the shop. And then yes, on a weekly basis, I do the schedule. Uh, we use a app called when I work. And so that's, you know, I, I copy schedules from week to week and um, you know, taking into consideration people who want days off and so forth. So that's something okay. that I do weekly. And then my payroll, I do um, once every two weeks. Okay. And I used, uh, we have a, a software for that prime pay that we use to, um, to do, to do payroll. So let me ask you a few questions. Yeah. Um, when you bought the business, what was the annual sales that it was uh, doing? Annual sales were, um, so it was interesting when I bought it, he also, well, no, I don't think the last year he, he, he had another business that he was kind of co-mingling. Uh, he was doing, um, some construction work for, um, for the sandwich shops. Um, but in, in the last year, from what I recall, it was about 1.1, somewhere around there. And how did your 2019 end up? Uh, 2019, so 2019, if you, cause I owned it February, if you add yeah. back the, I'm assuming on, in January, he did about hundred K in business. So it was about the same, maybe a little bit more, but not, not that much more. Um, yeah, it was around 1.2. And then what happened for you in 2020 with the, with the pandemic? Uh, we were very fortunate, David, um, in uh, 2020, uh, because it's a sandwich shop, right? Everyone, if people come in, they um, grab their sandwiches and, um, you know, they're off. So uh, it, it has a pretty good following. Uh, the sandwich shop, a lot of loyal customers. So our business increased um, a little bit in 2020. So I sales were one, 1,215,000 um, compared to the 1.1. And what does it look like for this year? Uh, right now we're at one, two, five, five. And so probably in, you know, another hundred K in December. So we'll probably be at one, three, five, five. Wow. So, so you've been growing which is great yes. news. Yes, exactly, David. Uh, and, and I think that's part of the reason of why, you know, I'm looking to sell. I've had the business for three years. It's doing well. Um, and then the other thing is just the, you know, entrepreneurial itch, if you will. Uh, it's a great time to buy businesses right now. I'm, I'm sure you know some of the stats out there with the baby boomers retiring and, you know, just excited about doing something bigger after the experience that I have here. Well, I was just going to ask you, if we sold the business, what would you do with the money? And you would want to buy something um, in a different kind of field. Correct, David. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about your, the, the, um, 
the cash flow. Okay. So you you mentioned addbacks. What what on your for 2021, let's say, yeah. What would your total, you know, yeah. benefit to you be for being the owner of this business? We're gonna okay. we're gonna start there. Okay. So that's uh, obviously with with the net income and addbacks, correct? Yeah. And and uh, if you can if you can list off the addbacks you're adding back, that'd be great. You got it. Okay. Uh, so, um, net income, net income end of, um, net income end of 20, uh, sorry, November of 2021 was 211,000. Um, I don't know, let's say another, um, 10 K for December. Um, so we're at, you know, 220, let's say, um, and then what I'm, Add, adding back uh, my salary add back of 50k mm-hmm. uh, the payroll tax ex- payroll tax expense of 25k is that the payroll tax just on you correct okay correct yep um, the um, I'm also going to add back my wife's salary um, uh, starting in August or September of this year, uh, I started paying her a thousand dollars a month to help me with uh, bookkeeping, to help me with uh, paying bills and, and doing things like that. So her salary add back is five is going to be five K. And this is something that a full-time owner could easily just do on their own. Correct. Okay. Correct. David. Okay. Um, so we got the salary add back. Um, Note payment add back when I bought the business. Um, I did a note for 50K over three years. And I'll have that paid off by February of uh, 2022. Yeah. So so making payments on a on a debt, the the only add back would be the interest component, not the principal amount, because a, a debt is on your balance sheet. So it's it's cash extinguishing a debt to make it disappear. It's it's not an expense, so we can't add it back when we're calculating the cash flow. Only the interest component. Okay. So question on that, David. Um, so is that just going to increase my net income because it's not? So since I'm paying the fifteen hundred dollars out, fifteen hundred dollars a month from the business account. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that fifteen hundred dollars will no longer be required to take out of the business, so that would therefore increase uh, the net income. Correct? No, it increases oh. the cash flow. Ah, okay. it doesn't. It doesn't increase the the accounting profit of the business because the you know when you on your P and L you got your net sales, then you subtract your you know your labor, your inputs, your electric bill, all that, and you get your income. Yeah. The 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 fact that you owed the seller money, that's mm-hmm. over on your balance sheet. It's Correct. a debt. Correct. So every month when you send a payment to him, your cash goes down, but your debt goes down. It's all happening on the balance sheet. It's not on the P&L. And so it, basically part of your profit, part of your net income or SDE, mm-hmm. that's where the cash is coming from for you to make the payment to him. Right. But the payment to him is not an expense. Got it's it. it's you paying off money you borrowed. Okay. Just just like when you when you borrow money, that's not income that gets taxed. 
Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. so that fifteen hundred a month you're sending him is is it just principal? Is it a zero percent note, or is no. it uh, their interest in there too? Yeah, there's interest in it too. It's, it's small. It's five percent. Okay. So, so when your tax return is done at the end of the year and all that, your accountant is probably got an amortization table somewhere where they're figuring out how much of that payments, how much of those payments were interest and how much was principal. Right. So the interest part um, is we can add back. So okay. it's, it's probably very small if you're talking about 18,000 a year in payments. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just an interesting concept to me. I, you know, trying to get my head around that to me, it's like, well, I'm not going to be paying this $1,500 a month out of the account. Right. Right. So, therefore so, you <laughs> so, so here's, so here's the thing is if you, if you didn't borrow any money yeah. to buy the business, Right, you you would have that eighteen thousand dollars profit, correct? Right? Correct. But you but you borrowed money from the seller to buy the business, so you yes. got to pay them back. That financing activity, uh-huh. that that's that's how you acquired the business. It's got nothing to do with the day to day operations. Got so it. so got when it. the that's when we normalize or do these addbacks. Right. What we're trying to do is we're trying to determine what would the cash flow be to a full-time owner-operator who bought the business last year and ran everything by the book, right? Okay. So they, they just you know followed all the rules. So, and I, and I say by the book because sometimes you get owners who have like teenagers with company cell phones and things of that nature, which are not real business expenses, right? So we add, we add that kind of stuff back too. But um the way, the fact that you borrowed money and now you need to pay it back, that's got nothing to do with how many sandwiches you serve or how your employees operate or anything like that. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Okay. So I will uh, strike that line. Okay. Uh, the next add back uh, was for health insurance. For you? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. For me and my family. Okay. How much is that? Uh, 18,000. Okay. Uh, the next line item I have was legal expense. Uh, that was 2000 for what? Um, I, uh, used it to, uh, to do a trust. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so this would be under the category of a one-time one-off thing Correct. that wasn't related to the normal function of the, of the business. So yeah, so we'd add that one back too. Okay, great. Uh, auto expense add back. Okay. And so you don't do any delivery or anything like that for the business? I do. I do, but I, I do it right with my own car. I don't let my employees do it. Um, but auto expense is um, uh, it, delivery, but also I have to go to will call to pick up food. Uh, sometimes I will usually every Monday, uh, sometimes uh, additional days. Um, what else? Uh, I use it to go pick up um, things that the store might need that I don't get delivered, such as milk, um, carrots, um, uh, tape, okay. tape pens, things like that. And so how do you track the auto expense charge to the store? Do you keep track of miles? So I do both. So yes, I do both. Um, we, we take the 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 accountant does exp, uh, the mileage, but then I also I have 
I keep track of the auto expense as far as gas, um, maintenance, things like that. So this, so this auto expense add back that I have is just for gas and um, uh, maintenance and so forth on the vehicle. Okay, so so let, we got to get into this a little bit deeper. Okay. So you're keeping track of all of the expenses that go into your car. Correct. And then you're also keeping track of how many miles you drive for work. Correct. Right. Yes. And then the accountant every year is probably doing a pro rata. Like if 10% of your miles on the car were for the business, they're allocating 10% of those expenses to the business. Uh, or is the business paying all of your fuel and repairs? They are. The business is. They okay. Yeah. So, so this is why it's, why it's important because, um, you know, when you're, when you're doing these calculations, people will sometimes add back all kinds of different things, but what the, the, the litmus test is when you get into due diligence and you have a buyer examining what you're doing. Right. And so if a buyer sees that you were driving around in your car all year and you put all the expenses in the business, then they know that not all of that auto expense is related to the business. Right. Okay. Yep. So, so the question is, is how much, how much, are you saying the business really needs to spend? Because what you described to me is, is the, in fact, the business does have some kind of transportation need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there are certain things that you have to go around and do. So there's, there's a couple of ways you can do this. Okay. Number one is you could add back all of the auto expense, but then create a new expense based on the actual mileage that your the business used your car. So if you've ever worked in a place where they paid you mileage for using your personal car, yeah. like around yeah. here, it's 50 cents a kilometer, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I don't know, like 80 cents a mile or something right. like that. Right. And, and you just have to be transparent about it. So if you say, I'm adding back all my auto expenses, but I'm now going to add an expense for the 300 miles my car was used for business use, you know, times this amount per mile. Mm-hmm. Then, then people can understand that quite clearly. Yes, this is the real expense of the business. The other way of doing it is to add back all the auto expense and then add a cost for having those things delivered as though the business didn't have a car. Got it. Okay. That's the other way to do it. Yeah. Right. And I, I've seen that a lot with uh, more industrial kind of businesses where the owner's got like a $70,000 pickup truck mm-hmm. and it's a luxury vehicle for him to enjoy. But he claims he needs it for doing deliveries, but they might do one a week. Right. So, so I'll add back the expense of the truck and then I'll add in the cost of like a delivery service. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So what, so what did you have totaled up there? Uh, uh, for ending November 30th, uh, $7,102. So, so let's put $7,000 and and if you were going to leave in quote unquote legitimate use, would that, would that be like a fifth of that or one seventh, like a thousand bucks? Um, that is a good question, David. Um, um, it's hard to say the other, the other thing I believe that my accountant also told me was that I, I think I get mileage to and from the shop because I have no office. Um, so I'd have to figure that out, David. I'm not sure. Because yeah. I, again, I use it Monday through Friday. I use it on weekends to, to, to do stuff if needed. Um, so. so 
so and so here's here's the hair splitting yeah that you have to think about when you're talking with your CPA okay is that your CPA is going to be talking to you about the different rules and things as they apply to tax code right right so there are certain rules about what you can and cannot do according right. to the rules for taxation right and there may be some differences between those rules and the perception that a buyer might have yeah. of, of yeah. what the actual business case need is for the business. Mm-hmm. But whatever you do, just make sure you spell it out clearly so that if somebody asks you, you could say, well, this is how I figured it out. Makes sense. And yep. they can be free to disagree with you, but yep. at least they understand how you came up with the number. And if they disagree with you, then they're just going to let that influence their offer to you or what have you. Right. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. So what's next? Uh, next, uh, it sounds like I may not be able to add this back either based on our uh, conversation of the note payment add back. I also um, uh, am making payments to a loan that I took out to buy the uh, business, a HELOC. Mm-hmm. And so I was making monthly payments to the to the HELOC, but again, sounds like that won't be uh, that won't be an add back. Just the interest payments to that. Just the interest. Yeah. Okay. So that was nine k. So back. Okay. All right. The next uh, is dues and subscriptions. Okay. And that's uh, fifty four twenty three five thousand four hundred twenty three dollars. And none of those is for like. Any trade publication or anything? What do you mean when you say trade publication? Well, if if part of the dues and subscriptions relate to your like like if you had to be a member of like a local chamber of commerce in that community, right, right, um, that might not be an ad back. It's not. Yeah, I don't have anything like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Uh, have donations. What kind of donations do you make? Uh, the ones that I had um, uh, to Girl Scouts, to um, I'll have to go back and and check what the other ones were. Um, uh, my, one might have been a like a memorial fund, uh, like a, a GoFundMe type of donation. Those are the ones that I can remember off the top of my head. So here, so here's the, the sort of rule about donations. Okay. Some donations are really marketing and advertising. So if the local Girl Scouts in that neighborhood come mm-hmm. to you because they're doing something and they want some kind of donation and you make a donation, uh-huh. it's because you're trying to build goodwill amongst those people and their families, yeah. et cetera, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so that kind of donation, I, w- I wouldn't agree with an ad back to that. Because to me, that's the regular community involvement that a business might choose to do. And it's part of the marketing and advertising. If, if you lived an hour away and your business made a donation to your church congregation, for example, mm-hmm. that would be an ad back. That would be an ad back. Okay. Because it's, it's like you're just using the business to, to provide money to your own personal um, desire to give to that thing, that congregation or what have you. It's okay. not related to enhancing community goodwill for the business. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so, yep. so are these mostly all like sort of community-based? Um, no, I would say the Girl Scouts are. Um, mm-hmm. The other ones are not. So okay. I'll, I'll have to go back and adjust that uh, accordingly. Okay. 
So why don't we why don't we take a stab at this like and uh, just give me a number that you as an estimate. Uh, let's do a thousand. Okay. Donations add back, so I'm gonna put one thousand. Okay. Uh, I have meals and entertainment. Uh, five hundred forty-eight dollars. Okay. So what what types of uh, what would you be doing? to incur those costs? Is it just you taking your wife out or does it have to do with business related activities? Um, it's mostly like year end planning for the next year. Um, talking about goals, um, you know, things we're going to do for the business, how we're going to, you know, increase revenues or decrease costs. Just you and your wife, you mean? Just, yeah. Just me and my wife. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can add those back. Okay. $548. Okay. Um, the next line item I have is cell phone add back, mm. uh, two uh, thousand. So tell me about your cell phone is because in my mind, someone who owns a business needs a cell phone, right? <laughs> Correct. 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 Um, I, again, yeah, it's just using it for the business, right? Um, yeah. And, and I mean, even if, I mean, obviously evenings and weekends, you're going to call your friends on it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But um, I only ever agree to cell phone ad backs when it's like a family plan with teenage children on it. You know, then you're like, okay, well, part of that is not related to the owner's activity in the business. Right. But if it's, if it's just your plan, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that back. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, uh, it's for myself and my wife. Okay. Yeah. And, and, so maybe we put back half of it then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So that'll be a thousand. Yeah. thousand dollars. All right. I, um, the last one I have is cash payments. Like I'll give, uh, you know, a hundred bucks to one of the employees that's uh, their 18th birthday, or I'll give them cash for helping me out with a big catering order, uh, things like that. Um, I have that at a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, so I would see that as bonuses, bonus compensation to your employees. Okay. So I wouldn't add that back. Not, don't add that. Okay. No, right. because, because the, what I know what you do it, you're kind of like giving them a tip. You're giving them an yes. extra little, yes. you know, yes. here's, here's 20 bucks for going the extra yes. mile. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then that now part is part of the sort of conditions of employment that you've created in your business. So if someone else came along and they were doing those types of things too, sure, they don't need to give those sorts of bonuses to the employees. They don't have to do it. But if they didn't, they, they would be changing sort of the expectations. It's like, I, I see this quite often in, in uh, not the types of money that you're talking about. I'll see it where there's like year-end bonuses in a sales type organization where people that earn a hundred grand are getting $40,000 bonuses. And someone says you have, you, someone's trying to add back their $40,000 bonus. Oh, wow. I'm like, well, if you take away the salespeople's bonuses, they'll, you'll probably have to find new salespeople soon. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. And so and this isn't to the same degree, but it's such a small amount of money. I, I wouldn't add it back. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Where's cash payments. Okay. I'm going to take that out. Okay. 
So, okay, that's that's all that I had for um Okay. Are you working on Excel? Do you have a total or do we need to add this up? Um, you know, I do have roughly a total. I had 360 minus uh the 18 plus the 9 uh so that's 27 uh 28 29 so 360 let's say minus 30 so we're at 330k now 330k yeah roughly yeah okay so i can tell you from the hundreds of financial statements i've looked at over the course of time yeah that a sandwich shop with an sde of 330,000 is an exceptional sandwich shop yeah i've been very fortunate david um yeah, yeah. so congratulations thank you um i i you know, you, you had mentioned to me before the call what we would be talking about, not, you know, spoiler alert, everybody out yeah. there. But so I did, I did some looking, right? Yeah. Because things like a sandwich shop, um, you know, I actually use this as an example of, of like barriers to entry in business. Yeah, I think be- I've Because you can get into a, a, a little restaurant business with used equipment, like you can get into it for a fairly low investment you know, availability of prime locations and that kind of thing is a different element to this. But um, traditionally, because food service is so competitive, these businesses have sold for a relatively low multiple of of SDE. But when I took a look in some of my databases, what I found is that businesses like this with this kind of SDE actually push into the high twos, almost to three X SDE in the, in the data that I found. Yeah. That go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, David. Go ahead. No, no. What were you going to say? Yeah. So that's, that's one thing that was interesting, David. Like, so when I did some initial um, research, so like uh, you've heard of this site, uh, biz by sell, right? Yep. Uh, so they do evaluation, you know, type of report and you're right. So when, when you look at it basic for a sandwich shop, you're right. It's, you know, according to their data, it's around two, two times SDE. But the interesting thing was I couldn't find data that would be an apples to apples comparison that showed sales of sandwich shops that are doing 1.3 million and a higher SDE. And so that was the frustrating part. Um, And then when I also spoke with a, uh, you know, back of the napkin family friend um, uh, who's a broker, he's, he did, he said the same thing was that, you know, based on typical sandwich shops, you're looking at a two, 2.2. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that's what was kind of a little bit frustrating because I, I, I don't feel that that's a, you know, apples to apples type of uh, com- uh, comparison. Well, I'll tell you what a buyer will be thinking if they look yeah. at this. Yeah. Is, is they're going to say, wow, what a great sandwich shop, number one. And number two, they're going to ask, am I going to be able to carry on this cash flow? Yeah. Or is it something special that Troy's doing? Has he got no. some special ingredient in the sauce right. or something? Yeah. And, and um, this is a franchise, which right. is actually right. helpful to you because yes. you have a certain consistency in your operations and reporting, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Right. What, what is it? What is the franchise um, situation like? Do you get along well with them? Uh, very well. Yes. Yeah. Super, yeah. Super supportive. Um, you know, that was one of the reasons before I bought, you know, talking to many of the franchisees and that's the one thing that was constant was that the support is, is tremendous. And I agree to that. 
Do, do you get good value? Like, do you participate in an advertising fund and, and do you see a lot of what your money goes into? Like, we do, we do. There's a, so there's a royalty fee and then there's the marketing fee. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, we do see that we do see, you know, some of the things that they're doing. So for December, we're having a gift card promo. Um, we launched this year in Costco with gift cards as well. So yes, they're doing some, some good things there. Oh, when you sell a gift card, do you get the money or does it go into some kind of corporate? Yes. So, and, and then it, and then they can use the gift cards at any location of the chain, right? Correct, David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'll, you know, they'll, they'll take it, they'll take it out of my funds, but if they come back, they'll put it back into my, yeah. to my. No, the, the reason why I was asking that is because uh, gift cards can represent deferred revenue. It can be an issue, but in this case, the issue is resolved by the fact that you, you, personally don't have the liability for the cards you've sold. It's the, it's your franchise or that's correct. Holds the liability for all of them. So, all right. So, so here's, so here's the concern. The buyer is going to say, is this going to carry on under my stewardship? Right. And what you've got is you've got a track record here, even through the pandemic of sales being strong, have things started to open up where you're located? Yes and no. So we're in, you know, California. Um, So, um, you know, the masks are still required, right? Coming into the shop. Um, Most, again, I do have a few tables inside the shop, but mostly everyone will eat. I have a patio too. So I'm fortunate that I have a, a patio, an outside patio. And most people will eat outside or they'll take it to go. Okay. Yeah. So, so one of the concerns that a buyer might have is that you are a net uh, beneficiary of the pandemic because, because the pandemic hit, the lockdowns occurred, your sales actually went up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the, the worry might be that as things open up more and more and rules go away, right. that your performance might decline. So, so here's what you might be able, you might expect is that you could be getting some offers where people are willing to give you the valuation that that yeah. you want, but they're going to have some kind of caveats or want you to do something like hold a, a seller finance note, which will be subject to you know the performance maintaining itself into you know twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, and and David, so some of the things that I can do, some of the data that I can provide on that is. Well, I have data from 2018, 2017, 2016, um, you know, from the, from my purchase and, you know, maybe the franchisor would allow me to, you know, I don't know if they would give me data past that, but um, I have data that shows that, yeah, it's, you know, typical revenues are a million, 1.1, 1.2 per year. Mm-hmm. And this, goes, this goes back, you know, here's the sales reports that I have from when I purchased the business to show that this is something that's, that's constant. Yeah. And the, the other thing is that this business of yours is in a category where there are a lot of potential buyers. A lot of people could potentially run a sandwich shop. Right. Yeah. And so I think that in, in, as far as your interest in trying to get the highest price possible, Mm -hmm. I, I think that, the right business broker could probably provide a lot of value for your year. Yeah, David. And that was one of my questions too. I think that I, that I put on there originally that I was trying to figure out and I forgot to mention, um, 
you know, given the price and things like that, and you know, the yeah, business broker, I think fees are you know around ten percent or so, and so that seems like a you know a lot of money on a you know let's say seven hundred thousand dollar price or whatever. I'm not sure where where that's going to land. Seven fifty. Um, well, no, no, because if if you know we've added up three hundred thirty thousand of SDE here, if we yeah. You know, if we multiply that by 2.8 or let's just call it three. Yeah. Like we're close to, a, it's like a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And that's where, that's where, uh, you know, again, where I'm trying to, and then, yeah, if we're close to that, then, you know, 10% of that's a hundred grand. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm trying to figure out. Right. That's why I'm having these, these discussions, you know, uh, what makes sense. Um, so Yep. Are you in a big metro area with millions of people? Yes. Okay. So this is this is probably going to be one of the hardest parts of this <laughs> is actually creating a list of business brokers who have a track record of selling this kind of business. Ah, uh, good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Interviewing them, interviewing yeah. them, yeah. getting their feedback. Um, but you have a plum business for sale. Okay. And so in, 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 you know, in the marketplace, there are business brokers that would really want to have this listing. That's so you may be in a position to negotiate yourself a different, different from the standard rate of commission. Got it. Got it. Don't be afraid to, to go down that yeah. line of thinking. Okay. You know, That's and now you had said that there you had an employee that might be interested. Yes. Yes. And that person come up with a hundred or 150 grand of their own money. Uh, based on an SBA loan type. Is that what you're saying? David? Yeah. Well, they're going to need some amount of down payment if they're going to do yeah. an SBA loan to buy your business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, depending on the price uh, potentially. And um, so that, and the thing about the SBA, from what I recall, I can't help and note with their down payment, correct? I can't. <sighs> the, there, there are certain things that can be done. Like if you read the, the rules carefully and you find the right lender, yeah. Like I know there's a, a scenario that um, one of my clients took advantage of last year where the seller held a note that was postponed for years okay. where they didn't get any payments on the principal portion. Yeah. And the SBA kind of considered that to be part of the down payment because there was no cash flow requirement for, from it. Okay. So, so there, there can be ways to, to help that buyer. So yeah. here's, here's, you know, when you go to a business broker, for example, a big part of their job is finding a buyer. Right. So one of the things that you might want to have at your disposal when you're talking with those business brokers yeah. is, is you might want to negotiate some sort of special deal if that particular person happens to become the buyer. Right. Right. And then, and then the broker should have connections within the lending community in that city. Right. If the broker sold this kind of business before, they'll know which bankers are interested. 
Yeah, that's a good point. They they're going to help facilitate all of this, right? Mm-hmm. So so if you um, you know, this would happen in real estate all the time where someone will say, I'm going to list my house for sale, but if I find the buyer, I want to discount on the commission. And the realtor might agree to that. Same kind of thing can be negotiated in the business brokerage. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And um, when, when looking for a broker, is it granular as far as, hey, have you sold a, sold a million dollar sandwich shop or is it a million dollar restaurant or, a, you know, how do you, how do you kind of, you want you want to find a broker who's sold a bunch of what I would call more easily accessible businesses from an operational point of view. So they've sold convenience stores, gas stations, sandwich shops, restaurants. Yeah. Like like these are the businesses that a lot of buyers can adapt their skills and experience to operate. Right. 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 Yeah. And and. Oftentimes, these are the kinds of businesses that people who actually don't have business management experience will get into because they are perceived at least to be the more simpler kinds of businesses to run, especially in a franchise scenario, because the the franchisor is probably going to require that buyer to be approved, number one, and number two, to then probably attend and go through the franchisor's training program. Correct. Yep. So, So this is really what opens the door to really any person. Like, I mean, you didn't have restaurant or sandwich shop experience before you got into this, did you? Right. No, I mean, just uh, high school a little bit, but that's it. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you you went through the franchisor's training right. and then right. you learned from their operations, you adapt, you learned their systems and you were able to execute. That's right. And so there's a lot of people that can do that. The same sort of thing can often be said for corner stores and laundromats and, and things like that. Yeah. So you you want the broker who sells a lot of that kind of stuff. Makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, and you want to ask them for referrals. You want to talk with the buyers and the sellers. Right. Yeah. Um, your uh, franchisor, have you spoken with them yet about your desire to sell? I have not. Okay. I have not, no. So they, they could have a whole set of rules for you. Uh, you might have to actually formally indicate your intention. They might have a form for you to fill in that says you you intend to sell. Um, They're, they're probably, I would talk with them before I sign anything with a broker. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Because there are franchise systems out there that I've helped people in Mm -hmm. where the franchisor has a sales department of people trying to find new franchisees, but they will sometimes talk with people who want an existing location and sometimes they will have a program for generating buyer leads. Right. Right. Yeah. And so you'll want to understand all the details of that before you talk with the broker, because you might, again, say to the broker, like, you know, I'll pay you X amount of per, per commission. Yeah. But if my own franchisor brings us a buyer that buys the business, right. you know, maybe I want a special deal on that or something. Right. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. What uh, what haven't we covered yet? What else are you thinking? Uh, well, let's talk about let's talk more about preparation. So, so oh, yeah, you got, so, you got your yeah. ad backs. Yep. Um, the 
do you have a relative who is not involved in your day-to-day business uh, that you can trust to keep quiet about this? And in particular, the, the type of person I'm thinking of is like a mother-in-law. To keep quiet about? Well, well, this is what I want you to do is I want you yeah, to I... have that person come to your business okay. to create a list of criticisms. Uh, I see. That, right? that's the, yeah, my wife can easily do that. Okay, your wife can do this? Okay, well, that's a good job then. Because what you want is you want someone to come in who's going to have a critical eye to everything. Right. You know, the the light switch cover plate that's been missing for three months, you keep walking by. Right. Right. This new person's going to notice it. Yeah. Right. The the dent in the, you know, the counter or all these little things. Yeah. That that you just kind of live with that you've stopped noticing. Right. Uh, a fresh person that walks into your business for the first time, they may notice some of these things. And <clears throat> you don't want a buyer to, to become critical of the look and feel of your business. You want it to give it the best appearance, both in the numbers and in that experience when somebody walks in there. Yeah, it makes that's a great idea, David. Uh, I had um, uh, uh, family members that uh, own gas stations and they had come to the shop for the first first time and they pointed out you know uh, the, some of these things uh, so yeah so you want you want to rectify as much of that as you can uh, which is actually going to be helpful to your business right because a new a new customer that walks in is probably noticing some of these things too so that's you want to keep an eye on that kind of thing um, your records, the, the franchisor probably has you using a certain kind of point of sale system, right? They do. Yeah. Do they mandate the backend financial system that you use, your bookkeeping system? They don't. They don't. Yeah. Um, do you have access to any kind of benchmarking information from other stores like yours? Um, yes. Uh, actually, no. We used to have that when the, when the new franchisor brought it, bought the business uh, last December. They took that reporting information away. I have, you know, I talked to other franchisors. Uh, I'm sorry, I talked to other franchisees. And so I kind of know, and I have data from last year that shows kind of the comparison of all the shops. And of the shops, I'm number two uh, in in sales volume, and that's be, and the only reason the one the one that's number one is they're open uh, longer than I am. So, um, okay. that, yeah, that's the reason why their their business is is up uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand more than me, but it's because they're open longer. This, this kind of information is going to be helpful for the information package that you ultimately, or you or the broker ultimately yep. put together on the business. Okay. So even if they don't make this kind of reporting regularly available, yep. you might ask the franchisor for some of those statistics, or even just to be able to say that you're the number two in sales revenue or, oh, right. or something of that nature. Right. Right. You also, yeah. um, I think, I think we'll be able to say that David, because I remember when I bought the business, the broker had that on the um, on their listing, but uh, but again, that was a previous franchisor. So you're right. I do need to check to make sure that that's okay to say. I hadn't do thought you, about that. Do you have to report like your food costs to the franchisor? Yes. 
We do. Okay. We do. Yep. Monthly, monthly. We uh, we we do a report that talks about our fixed costs, variable costs, payroll, cogs, all those things. Yeah. Okay. That is equally important. So so you want to be able to say to a buyer uh-huh. where you are in comparison with the other stores. So, so if your cost of food, for example, is 21% and the network average is 22, mm. that's important. Yeah, that might be tough, David. I haven't seen anything like that. Uh, yeah, but they're either. asking you for it because they're looking at it. Right. So, so again, it may not be part of the regular information they're giving to you. Right. But you might be able to ask them and say, hey, I submit my cost of goods sold and all that other stuff. Can you yeah. tell me what the averages are so I can show if my store is better or worse performing? Yeah, that, that's a great point. Yeah, you no, might agree I, to it. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Because we're, we're talking in your business about a percentage point being worth $13,000. Oh, wow. Wow. Right? <laughs> so, how, did so, you, how, did you, how did you come up with that figure? Well, you're, you're said your revenues are going to be 1.355 million for the year. Correct. So 1% is $13,550. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. And then, and, and in a, in a, in a, a trade like a sandwich shop, right. This is where you make her lose money. Like if you're a poorly run operation where employees are given their friends sandwiches for free and stuff like that. Yeah. Where it shows up is the cost of goods sold creeps up. Right. Right. And, you know, like a a three being off by 3%, if we do the math, we're talking 40 grand. Right. I hadn't, I hadn't looked at it that way, David, ever. So this is where the problems usually happen. Now, you know, somebody who is in a veteran in the restaurant business, they, you know, might look at performance numbers and, and they look for a problem. They're like, oh, you know, if the performance of this business isn't as good as it can be, I can, I can juice this up and I can make it run better. Yeah. But that's probably not going to be the buyer. Right. The the buyer for your business is going to be someone who may be new to business altogether or new to the the sandwich shop trade. Right. They're looking for something that earns good money that they can manage and that they're going to have the help and support from someone like a franchisor forever. Right. It's yep. not, it's not just about you doing a training and transition. If they buy this business from you, they, they're now going to be, um, you know, together with the franchise or ongoing. So it's going to be attractive to sort of a more newbie kind of business buyer. Yeah. They're, they're going to be less inclined to think that they're going to come in and make changes to improve things. Right. They're, they're probably going to put more value on the fact that it's a finely running machine as it is. Correct. That makes sense. And so any of these sort of bits of data that can demonstrate that you've got a really well-run operation, that it's going to make it attractive. That's great. That's great feedback. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other potential here yeah. is that another shop owner in this network might want to be your buyer. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Um... Is there anyone else close enough that they would feel you think they might feel comfortable managing this one? Um, the, the ones that I talk to, you know, they're they're also trying to downsize, right? They're also, um, you know, he had three shops, now he's down to two. 
uh-huh. maybe down to right, maybe down to one. In my area, there's smaller shops that are also for sale. Um, there's three that I can think of. Um, so, not not sure if there's a. So you you don't you don't you can't think right off the top of your head of one person who might be like interested in growing by buying yours. That's 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 fine. In, right. in these scenarios, oftentimes there are other franchisees that are on a growth, um, right. You know, plan. So right. all right, right, correct. Just an idea. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the franchisor is looking to expand. Uh, so you know, maybe th- that's a question that I can answer and ask the franchisor is that mm-hmm. a, you know, given your guys's past background um, of owning, you know, another large national sandwich shop chain franchise you know you must you may know some other buyers um that are looking to buy this type and size of business if, if you have any recommendations let's let's talk about your your plan though with the money so you sell this business and you go buy another one yeah um have you been looking at the market of what's available for sale um i i have i you know go to uh some of the the business listing sites like biz buy sell um biz ban uh some of the e-commerce sites um but, but again j- again just kind of looking and, and seeing what's out there um so yeah there's it's it's a great time right now you know uh, to buy a business um what the general sort of commentary and feedback that I hear most often, and it may just be the people I'm talking to is that there's a lot of competition for businesses that get listed. Average multipliers are being pushed up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of assumptions being made about the baby boomer retirement geared around their age. And, and this is the, this is the, the thing that I've always had the biggest problem with okay. because I have honestly not known a lot of entrepreneurs who want to retire as soon as they turn 65. I know a lot of civil servants who do, right? Okay, yeah. So people that work in factories and stuff like that, you know, as soon as they can get their full package, they're like, yeah, I want out. Right. But in my experience, uh, business owners either build these wonderfully huge and successful businesses and they cash out like when they're 50 kind of thing. Okay. and become investors and venture capitalists or whatever, right. where they tend to stay on longer, you know, especially if they are organized enough where they can have supervisors and managers and uh, maybe they can do a lot of stuff for the business online and they can do that from Florida or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I have, um, I've, I've known quite a few people who've done really well in exiting when they were in their forties with okay. the assumption that they were going to parlay that money into a, an acquisition. Yeah. And then have been frustrated by the fact that they've sometimes spent two years looking for that acquisition. Wow. So, so this is why I was asking you about your exploration of, of what's for sale. Yeah. Because I honestly think that this type of business that you have yeah. with the right broker Right. could probably be sold fairly quickly. Okay. So I'm, I'm wondering if it doesn't make sense for you to actually start to get into the market as a buyer 
to be, to be looking at different things. And, you know, there, there's other possibilities. Like you could definitely, for example, parlay the cash flow of this business into being able to borrow or, or, you know, make a deal for getting into your next business without necessarily selling this one. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't, um, I, I hadn't investigated that, um, that, uh, type of Avenue. Um, you know, I've listened to some of your podcasts and things like that, that say that's something, um, worth doing. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't even sat down with, you know, my banker to say, you know, how do loans work for you with you guys? And, how, you know, if, if I was interested in, you know, buying another one of these sandwich shops, you know, a smaller one for 300K, 400K, you know, how would that loan look like? But I, I haven't, you know, haven't done any, any of that. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you that with the kind of cash flow you're talking about, if, yeah. if, when you want to grow from one sandwich shop to two, um, the, you know, the bank is likely going to look at it as a business expansion and they're going to look at the combined entity. Right. Like okay. you, you could actually have a banker tell you they'll give you all the money for an acquisition. Wow. And so, so, I mean, understanding your goals and the outcomes you're after right. in your next thing, I think is right. an important thing for you to explore. Correct. Because- you know, one thing that, you know, you just mentioned to me, there's a bunch of these same restaurants for sale. Yeah. There's a few, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't, you know, uh, the, off the top of my head, there's three that I know of, mm-hmm. um, that, that are in sale for sale here. Yeah. Here. So would acquiring more of the same sandwich shop, would that satisfy what's driving you here? Like, I, I don't think, no, I don't think so. I don't think so, David. Uh, uh, I want to to do something else, right? I want to buy mm-hmm. a bigger business. I want to, um, you know, the next business potential of, you know, 500K SDE okay. to a million, right? SDE, uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for and the potential to put, to, you know, double, triple that type of business. You know, that's, yep. kind of what, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking Okay, for. so something more leverageable because I mean, it would be really hard for you to double the sales of this business. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not, I mean, it, it, to, you know, in the franchise, three, four, 5% a year is, is pretty good. Um, so for me to get 10%, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy. So yeah, that's very difficult to do unless you, of course, as you mentioned, buy another, another one of these locations and, you know, I, that's something that I'm, uh, not interested in at this time. So I, I would say that while you're doing this, you know, going along these steps of interviewing business brokers and, and, yeah. and sort of feeling your way through this process and talking to the franchisor, yeah, really sitting down and creating a list of characteristics and criteria for the type of business you want to buy. Correct, David. Yep. Dealing, yep. dealing with questions like talking with your wife about whether or not relocation is something that you're open to. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things. Yep. Because all of that is going to play a big role in, in what that next opportunity is going to look like. Yeah. If, if you need to stay where you're living, for example, it's going to look very different than like, if you're in a big Metro area, um, there are certain business types that get forced out of those areas because of costs. 
right? Yeah. But if you're if you're free to go anywhere, then then it actually opens up a lot more opportunities. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point, David. I mean, I know, you know, in initial discussions have a few parameters and things like that, uh, which one we talked about is, you know, a potential of a STE of 500K or higher. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, you know, a business that may be only open Monday through Friday, right? This, the sandwich shop that I have now is seven days a week. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I work with teenage kids a lot and, you know, that can be a challenge. So I do have some of those <laughs> criteria uh, right now um, out, outlines, but yeah, that's absolutely a great point. Uh, What's the biggest challenge with teenagers? You know, uh, it's, um, it's the work ethic, I guess, is, is, is what I would say is from based on, you know, here I'm, I grew up in the seventies and, you know, I'm fifth, I'm 50 years old. Um, uh, you know, our, our work ethic was, was pretty strong. I mean, there was, it was, you, you went to work, you did your work, you didn't, you know, you weren't on your phone, you, you know, an eight hour day was not an issue. Um, you know, things like that, um, where, where nowadays it's, you know, for getting someone to work a four or five hour shift, um, you know, compared to an eight hour shift, uh, you know, I, I don't do, I very rarely do eight hour shifts for people unless I know that they can handle it. Um, but, uh, you know, those are some of the challenges is, is the work ethic and, um, you know, uh, some of the challenges that you get with today's uh, generation. There's, you know, and but there's good people as well. There's good, there's, uh, so you just have to find the right, right mix the right right employees yeah yeah well I've, i mean i've heard similar concerns from other people yeah. before you know yeah. um troy this has been awesome anything else that, that you wanted to yeah. cover yeah, before david, we wrap up yeah thank you david um i think the the one thing that i i i'm i'm still uh, we talked a, a little bit about this um was that the valuation part of it in how do I justify, you know, a 2.8 to three, if I can't really find the data that says, you know, how, how do I, that's well, so, so a couple of things is yep. that when you find a qualified business broker, they're going to have wow. access to private transaction databases. You have to pay to subscribe to, which is what I have. And this is what I've looked in and I've found them. So, okay. So it may not be, on, you know, available on the websites that you've looked on. Right. It doesn't, that doesn't mean it isn't there. Right. Okay. And so, so that, that, that would cover that part of it that, at the end of the day yeah. it comes down to cash flow. So is there enough cash flow there to service a debt that someone's going to take on to buy a business of this size? Right. And, um, you know, are you going to find someone who is, is going to want to do that deal? I think your type of business is going to have the widest possible audience of people willing to look at your deal, which means you're going to have a greater chance of finding the person who wants to do the deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the other shop owners that are, that uh, their businesses were sale, they're getting a lot of, a lot of attention. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, you know, there's a reason why the, the modern incarnation of franchising has been def defined by people like McDonald's. Right. 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 A, a lot of people eat out, a lot of people are looking for a business opportunity and a lot of people need help, you know, to make sure it's executed properly. And it's just, it's worked really well in that whole food service area. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's great. All right, David. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been super value, valuable to me, and I appreciate all your, your help and your guidance. No problem, Troy. Best of luck. And let me know how it turns out. I'd be curious to know uh, what ends up happening. I, I will. Absolutely. No problem. All right. Have a great day and happy holidays. You too. Take care. Bye.